So with that said, uh, let's uh, look at the text that we're looking uh, for today, which is from James chapter 3, verse 1 to 12. James chapter 3. We've been looking at the book of James for the past few weeks. And uh, just as a reminder, as we go into the into the text, that uh, James is inviting people who believe in Jesus to show their faith, to have their faith being manifested, to be seen and to be um, yeah, to be expressed and articulated in actions as well. So if you remember, uh, James talks about faith that works, faith that is expressed in our actions, in our deeds, uh, faith that is reflected in, um, in your works. And in this text, James chapter 3, chapter 3 uh, James tells us that uh, not just in our works, but even in our words, in our speech, or in the things that we say or we express faith must also be reflected in our words and in our expression, essentially through our tongue. So um, words, our words must be part of the works of faith. So if our faith works, if our faith is expressed in our works, our actions, um, our words are also part of that works of faith. <laughs> ah, there's a lot of uh, um, words, but I... I I'm sure you understand what I'm trying to say. Words are part of the works of faith. Okay, So with that said, let's read the text. Um, I'm going to just share a slide so that it helps us to um, read along together. Let me see. Where is it? So this is from James chapter 3, verse 1 to 12. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Okay. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle, bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a fire, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. For the same, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers, these things ought not to be. Thus a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So this is the text that we're looking at. Another powerful, hard-hitting uh, uh, section from the book of James. And I'm just calling it our faith and our works. 
our words, uh, sorry, our faith and our words, our words as expressions of our faith, of who we are. Um, one, one commentator that I was reading puts it like this, just as James um, faults double-mindedness, in this text, James is also um, critiquing double-tongued, to be double-tongued, to, to be one thing and to speak something else, right? And so James is challenging Christians, believers, to be single-minded in our faith in God and to be single-tongued, so to say, to say what is true in our expressions of our faith in God. If I may remind you, from in chapter 2, uh, James has already um, talked about misused speech, in which he talks about how we say things, the words that honor the rich and dishonor the poor. Like that's found in chapter 2, verse 3. Also, he talks about how greeting a poor brother or sister without providing assistance, like empty words. Uh, that's found in chapter 2, verse 16. And in chapter 2, verse 18, James uh, points out that sometimes we claim to have faith without works to show for. So with our mouth, we say one thing, but we uh, do another thing. And those examples really are empty words because they contradict the reality of faith, the reality of who a person is inside. And so he continues on this, uh, on this uh, line of thought and he talks about speech or our words as a part of a work of faith. So words and speech are part of the faith that works. If our faith works, it must also work in our speech and in our words as well. And I think that's because speech and what we say demonstrate really who we are. I, I'm not sure if you've heard of the story. It's, it's really popular when you're growing up uh, of a man in a gorilla suit. Uh, he lost his job and he applied to dress up as a gorilla in a zoo. <laughs> and he was working and he was quite enjoying his job. And sometimes he gets overexcited. And one day he gets uh, particularly overexcited and was jumping about and he fell into the lion's den. And he started, uh, he, he tried to get out, he couldn't. And he sees the lion coming closer and closer to him. Starts shouting, I'm not a, I'm not a gorilla, I'm a human being, you have to save me. And, and the lion comes, walks up to him and slaps him and tells him, um, shut up, <laughs> you're going to get both of us fired. Um, because even the lion also is <laughs> dressed up. But uh, I think uh, what this story uh, kind of tells us is that the real person slips through eventually, and especially through the mouth, through what we say. And so in a way, what our faith is, who we are, uh, eventually shows and slips through in our speech and in our works, in our words. So empty words are no good, as we saw uh, last week and the previous week as well. Empty words are no good because it doesn't do anybody good. It doesn't do the, the, the person in need any good. But it's also no good because although they may sound convincing, um, the emptiness will slip through. Right? And the, because our words and our speech manifest what is really within us. As I was reflecting on, on this text, uh, a lot of verses actually came to my mind. Um, and this particular, this verse, uh, these few verses, uh, th these are the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 to 37. Another uh, string of strong words that Jesus proclaimed. 
Uh, let, let me let, let's just read this. Uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I think that puts it very clearly. Uh, our words are an overflow of who we are inside. And because we all stumble, right? None, none of us uh, uh, are, we are all being perfected, but we, we also we all stumble. And so the, the scary thing about this is that our stumblings, our weaknesses, sometimes slips through in our words. And that's why I think James in chapter 3 verse uh, 1 and 2 and 3, he's, he says, the teacher must be careful. Not all of us should aspire to be teachers because those of us who teach, those of us who have influence will be judged more strictly. And he says, only the perfect person is truly consistent with his words because we all stumble otherwise. We all stumble in our works. We all stumble in our words. And because we stumble in our words, um, the, the, the stumbling, the weakness slips out and our words can simply be just boastful and not correspond with the reality of the things that we say. Of course, James is uh, James used even stronger language. Uh, if I may take you back here in uh, verse 5 and 6, he calls the tongues, our speech, like fire. They're like fire, inflicting harm and destruction. He goes even to the point of saying, set on fire by hell. I mean, uh, these are really strong words. <laughs> uh, they're inflicting harm, they inflict destruction, they're contagious, they're volatile, they're inflammatory. And in verse 8 and 9, he calls it poison. Tongues can be poison. And also wondering, how can tongues be poison? I think it's because sometimes good comes out, sometimes bad comes out. If it's consistently spewing out what is evil, we can avoid it. But if it's if it's inconsistent, good and bad flowing out of the same stream, then it can be poisonous, it can be dangerous. And so th this is the, the, the kind of um, mess um, critique that James is bringing out here. And I want to pay attention to two things that he invites us to do. And I realize that these two things are echoed in the book of Proverbs as well. Very often in the Proverbs tradition, there is a, there's a... Um, sort of a pattern in which uh, the listeners are called, number one, to pay attention to what we listen to. Okay. And number two, to control our tongue. So to uh, pay attention to what we listen to. And number two, to control our tongue. And so let's just reflect on these two uh, aspects very quickly. Check the words we listen to. In other words, discern the teachings, the words of the teachings. And... Um, in, in, in verse 1, this is uh, James says this in verse 1, right? Uh, not all of us should aspire to be teachers because the teachers will be judged more strictly. They will, they will be judged because words and teachings have huge responsibility and huge influence. And so listeners must discern. Uh, judged, 
the, the word judged uh, may also be understood as discerned. Listeners must discern what they're hearing. Is the teaching boastful? Is the teaching false? Right. So the re responsibility falls on the listeners to discern. Um, is the teacher, if you can say, unfit because they preach not just false teaching, but it is not backed by their actions. A lack of character, right? Um, lack of character betrays some kind of theological error in, 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 the, in the person and the emptiness that slips through in the person, right? So the responsibility is on the listeners to discern if the teaching is boastful and false, if it's backed by action or deeds. Uh, if the words are not corresponded with action, uh, it's just boasting. I, I think we, we ought to expand this a little more than just the, a teacher, quote-unquote teacher, because we live in a world in which we are surrounded by influence, right? Uh, it could be the media, it could be things that we listen to, the things that we surround ourselves with. And we, we, I think we need to be, what James is inviting us is that we need to be consistently um, aware and intentional about the things that we allow influence over us. If words are like fire in his previous metaphor, what fires are we allowing into our lives? What fires are we allowing to spark our imaginations and uh, spark our conversations, right? If words are the outflow of who a person is, then we need to be intentional about what or who we attend to. So judge the teachers, uh, or I mean, let's put it mildly, discern what we listen to, discern what we are hearing. It's a call to discernment uh, for the listeners. What speech or what words are we allowing to dwell in us? What do we allow to influence us? Right? What fires of ideas are holding us captive and holding us audience so yeah let's check the words we are paying attention to uh, and and i think specifically we need to check we need to ask if these words these ideas are helping us to become a better person right are they helping us to become more loving and more peace peaceful or are they helping us to agitate or is it inflammatory the things that we surround or influence us what kinds of soundscape the things that fill our house right our rooms what kind of soundscape are we living in and are we moving about uh, uh if you like me like to put on the head earphones and listen to music or podcasts or whatever what kind of soundscapes do we live in right are they moving us towards being like jesus in the sense that we are spurred to love one another we are spurred to be patient to one another to be gentle and to be strong in our gentleness, right? Are we being encouraged and inspired to become more aware of the world and the experience of those around us? Or is it just helping us to, you know, reaffirm our own narratives or reaffirm our own preferences? Um, are the things that we are listening to helping us to, uh, be, to practice self-examination, self-denial, repentance? As we see in James chapter 1, verse 27, are the things that we are listening to helping us in this religion, right? Which is to go out, as uh, David uh, uh, shared to us a few weeks back, to go out, to, to help people who are in affliction, at the same time, to, to draw in closer to God, to keep ourselves unstained from the world. 
So I think that's a question for us. Check the words that we discern, we listen to. Discern the things that we are, that are holding us as, um, as influence, under the influence. The other thing that James tells us is to control, check our tongues, check our words and tame our tongue. Because um, we, we, we would be tempted to think that since we all stumble, since we are all uh, imperfect, so the best thing to do is to just shut up, to not talk too much and to, to you know, never talk so that nobody can read us. Nobody can see the, the imperfections that we live. James, according to James, that's not the solution. Uh, according to James, the solution is to check our words, to tame our tongue, to control our tongue. Um, and in, in, in a, I, I can't say that I understand this text very clearly because there are some things that are still mysterious to me. For example, how does taming the tongue, how does controlling the tongue help us to control our body? That's still a mystery, but that's what James is telling us in, his, in the wisdom that the Holy Spirit has inspired him. When you control our tongue, we are like, it's like controlling the rudder of the ship and we are, our, our bodies and our actions are controlled in that manner. But what we see is that self-control is reflected in speech control, in our control of our words. And so let's check our words. Our words are a reflection and outflow of who we are inside, who we are in Christ, essentially of our faith. And our faith in Christ invites us to follow Christ, to imitate Christ, just as Paul said, to live out the power of the Spirit of Christ who dwells in our lives. So taming our tongue is an important part of our character building or is an important part of exercising our faith, outworking of our faith, taming our tongue, controlling our tongue. Just as we were discerned, we are called to be discerning about the things that we listen to. We also need to discern whether our words are backed by actions, that they're not simply empty, empty words. That we need to check that our words are not false, they're not boastful. right? And so the responsibility is to control and to bridle our tongue. Especially in a storm just as the readers of James were going through in a persecution. In a time of storm, there's need for greater control. Just as in a sh when a ship is going through a storm, there's need for more, um, more, more intentional control of the ship, the same way. So we want faith that works, and we want faith that overflows into words that befit the life of faith, that are words of faith as well. We, we want to strive to exercise our faith through our actions and our works and our words. Right? Of course, we, we are reminded that since our words are outflow of our hearts, there's only, there's only God and Jesus Christ who can take care of our heart and our spirit, our deep-seated desires, our thoughts and our spirit. Some, it's something that only God and His Spirit can heal and redeem and transform. And that's why James says in chapter 3, verse 8, no human can tame the tongue because our tongue is an overflow of who we are inside. And it is only God who can help us, right? It is only the Spirit who can bring life. Life comes only from God. God speaks. God gives life. So there's a, there's a bit of a disclaimer. When we tame our tongue, 
it's not that we are being stoic and strong and uh, we have s- such self-control that we can stop what we're going to say. Uh, it's because we are enabled by the Holy Spirit who lives in us to tame our tongue. It's when we put our faith in Jesus that we have the Holy Spirit living in us and we are exercising the expressions of our faith. Just like learning to walk, taking baby steps by actually walking, learning to love and help others by actually speaking what is loving, what is life-giving, what is kind and what is good to one another. Of course, our tongue, our words are not just the things that we say vocally. These days, words and communication has been expanded to emails and video calls and texts and the communications that we do are, are, I guess, our body language and the things that we, we communicate to one another. These are all the expressions that are captured in this uh, idea of the word. We need to make sure that we, we don't misuse and we don't abuse these communications, these expressions. And we need to make sure that we are, um, we are not boastful, we are not false, and we are, uh, we're, we're, we are truly expressing our faith in the right way. It's not all negative, and we know that. Uh, even though the text is quite uh, strong in uh, in um, in pointing out the evils that uh, words can cause, we also know that words are not just destructive. Words are constructive. There, there's if words can if words are destructive, it, if words can uh, inflict a lot of harm, words can also bring a lot of healing. Right? There's good power of words. There, words have the power to build to bring life to somebody, right? To encourage. Uh, somebody, somebody, as I was uh, preparing, I, I read this um, description that says, human beings, one of the description of human beings uh, as compared to animals is that human beings are speaking animals. We have the ability to use words, to communicate ideas, to express personality, to enter into dialogue, right? That's one of the main features of being human, right? And... We, so we need to realize the power and the responsibility of words. I'm always, whenever I think about words, I'm always reminded about how God created the world. Uh, again, this is a mystery that we, we may not understand fully now, but what the Bible says is that God spoke and things came into being. God brought beauty, uh, shalom, and goodness from His words. Jesus Christ Himself is called the Word, and we, his followers, are called to proclaim and to witness to this word through our speech and through our expressions. So we need to use our words and our communication to transform, to bring for, for wholesome purposes, right? Rather than for destructive purposes. Our, our speech in, and our words in general, as a result of our faith, we use that to build up those people around us, to comfort people to allow our words to be expressions of gratitude, to bring peace to those around us, to strengthen those who are weak, to encourage those who need encouragement, to speak words of forgiveness, to speak words of correction, right? sometimes rebuking, to, to allow our words to be words of love and warning from danger. So to quickly summarize, um, our words need to be... Um, yeah, here's the summary. Our words need... Uh, James 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1 to 12 invites us to check the words that we listen to. 
it invites us to tame our own tongue and it challenges us to let our words be vehicles of praise and blessing to those around us, to God and to those around us. So I would like to invite all of us to respond um, with this Proverbs. Uh, here are a few uh, verses that I sort of compiled from chapter 16 and 18. Um, if you'd like to read out aloud, um, wherever you are, feel free to do that. Uh, a few words uh, as a response and as instruction to ourselves as we read along to this text. Whoever heats, whoever gives heat to instruction prospers. And blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. The wise in heart are called discerning, and gracious words promote instruction. Prudence is a fountain of life to the prudent, but folly brings punishment to fools. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent, and their lips promote instruction. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. A scoundrel plots evil, and on the lips it is like a scorching fire. A perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit, but gentle words bring life and health. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. A person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. Amen. I'd like to give the time back to Sarah so that we can respond with songs. <laughs> 